Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. So if you were here last week, you know that Jesus, right after his baptism, right after his time in the wilderness, he had done, done all these remarkable things, and then he went back to his hometown, and he preached his very first sermon. And last week, we read about that. We read about how he reads from the scroll of Isaiah, and then preaches the very first sermon. And our text this week continues right where that one left off. In fact, it includes part of that text. The part that includes the very first line, and it reads like this. In the synagogue at Nazareth, Jesus read from the book of the prophet Isaiah and began to say, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And if you were at any of the services I preached at last week, I emphasized how this is the shortest Christian sermon of all time, and it's kind of as if Jesus dropped the mic on him. Here I am, it's over. And if you remember, the text from Isaiah made clear this kind of radical statement about the deliverance of all captives, the blind seeing, and proclaiming the year of jubilee, or the year where debts are completely forgiven. Now, in our class that we've been doing on the Bible, we've talked a lot about how the Old Testament that so many of us think is like old and primitive and outdated has a whole lot to say about care for the poor. In particular, care for the widow, for the orphan, for the sojourner or the immigrant. Some things that many of you very much care about today, so we ignore the Old Testament at our peril. But in Isaiah, he is not only focusing on the materially poor when he talks about the cancellation of debts and the deliverance of the captives, he is extending it beyond just the materially poor to everyone. He kind of spiritualizes that text. This is true for all of Israel. They will be delivered. Their blindness will be turned to sight. Their debts will be canceled. And that is what Jesus is saying, that he, in his person, has come to fulfill. And at first, all this people, they speak well of him. Here is the boy who we've seen grown up. Look at him. He's reached all his glory now. And Jesus can tell that they weren't listening to him at all. They were just kind of into the whole show, into him being back. Jesus is essentially like Landon here. He's a, a young seminarian, and you know Landon could say whatever he wants from this pulpit, and we'll all just be like, wow, that was awesome. And for some of us, especially if Landon were to have grown up in this parish, it wouldn't, we wouldn't even be paying attention to what he's saying. We'd just be so thrilled he's here. Jesus senses that, and Jesus makes sure that they know what he's saying, because he's saying something quite radical. Did you hear what I said? 
I have come to deliver the captives, to give sight to the blind, to cancel debts. This is not some happy sermon that's all about love in the abstract, but nothing on the ground. Jesus is saying that he's come to undo the current state of things. Again, not just for the widow, for the orphan, and for the sojourner, but for everyone, for you and for me. Now, when they internalize what he's saying, the mood changes quite abruptly. And if you have it in front of you, it's almost humorous. Take a look at it. One minute, they're so thrilled with Jesus. Oh, look how great he is. Look how graciously he's spoken. But in the next, when they internalize what he's saying, by the end of the passage, they want to throw him off a cliff. What happened? Now, it's hard to imagine us if, if Landon here were our seminarian and we had seen him grown up. And even if he had said something that really offended us, it's hard to imagine us wanting to throw him off a cliff. Though, who knows? I know some of you, and you, some of you might be up for it. <laughs> but that said, what is it that got their backs up? What is it that made them turn 180 degrees? This message that he's delivering, is the message of the gospel. The message that's too good to be true, and yet it is. That message that Jim talked about last week. The one-way love of God for suffering sinners like you and me. Why is this so offensive to these religious type? Well, so often... The righteous, and this isn't just about people in church. This is the righteous everywhere, the righteous in society. So often, we righteous people think that we're above all this. Think that we're on the right side of history. Think that we are good. And it's those people who need the help. In fact, we're the ones helping them. We're being so altruistic, we're helping them. Jesus is saying here to the righteous, to the people in church, no, you need to be delivered too. You need the year of Jubilee as well. You are blind and need to be made to see. And when they realize he's talking to them, this is when they do their about face. This is when they realize that he's not just giving them a message that maintains the status quo or that's what they want to hear. He's giving them something that feels brand new. He is saying that in his person, he has come to do what the prophet Isaiah prophesied. He is the one who will bring deliverance, sight, and the cancellation, the forgiveness of debts. And that they 
are the ones who need all of those things. For they are not righteous as they think they are. You and I are not righteous as we think we are. And if you're following along in this text, the two people whom Jesus mentions are people who this would might offend the crowd that he mentions these two. He mentions a widow at Zarephath, and he mentions Naaman the Syrian. Notice these are outsiders. These aren't good, pious people of God. These are, pe- these are Gentiles. These are people who we kind of tolerate. These are the people who we want to help. Because we'd never say it this way, but they're not on our level. Jesus is equating the people in the pews, in the crowd, with them. The people in the pews need just as much delivering as the people whom they are helping. This is the good news of the gospel. That the playing field has been leveled. That you and I are just as much in need of saving and deliverance as those whom we want to save. Whom we want to fix. You can see how this might not appear to be good news to people who think they're okay. To people who think they have their acts together. Those people need to be delivered. Not us. Not me. Those homeless people, those whatever it is, they need their debts to be canceled. Not me. And I think this is why throughout the Gospels, we see that it's the people on the outside, on the margins, the poor, the sinners. These are the people who want to hang out with Jesus. These are the people who time and time again, who are the ones who fall on their knees and say, well then do this delivering that you have said you've come to do. It's the righteous. It's the insiders. The people who think they're okay who are the ones who take offense at Jesus. Now friends, I think maybe because we peddle grace so much here, we're so into the radical gospel that we might think of this in only one dimension or on one plane. This isn't just for the people in church or those people that you grew up with who you have tried to escape, who are pious, super pious, super holy. I think that our age is one that's pretty righteous. Our age, our progressive, liberal age, and I'm all about living in the 21st century, don't get me wrong, I like modern medicine. I like many other things too. But I haven't seen much forgiveness in our age. In fact, when someone falls 
not only does it seem like there's no avenue for forgiveness, there's no avenue to come out of the darkness at all. Stay there. We don't want to see you anymore. Jesus' word of one-way love, of this radical gospel, is offensive to us in our own age. For we are on the right side of history. We are the righteous. I could never possibly do that. Jesus says the playing field has been leveled. That you and I are in as much need of grace as those people over there. Now, I'm specifically not being specific because I think the righteous can mean very different things to different people. Maybe this involves politics for you, or maybe this involves just current events. Maybe this still involves religion for you. Jesus says that you and I are as much in need as the people whom we can't stand. You and I are in as much need as the people who we try to avoid as we walk these streets of New York. Now, New Yorkers get the rep of being those who've tried to avoid the righteous in their lives. That's why you left the Midwest to come here. That's why you left Florida to come here, wherever you're from. But we New Yorkers can be pretty righteous. We New Yorkers can look down our noses at many, particularly the people who we perceive as righteous. What Jesus says in our text here today is that the playing field has been leveled. You are in just as much need of grace as those people who you've run from. The good news of the gospel is that he's moving towards you and me while we were unrighteous, while we are unrighteous. And when we, when this is internalized, this just might be the very thing that helps us be empathetic with our neighbor, that helps us be patient with the people who fail over and over and over again. This just might be the message, the word that helps us to relax and actually start to become better human beings. Friends, the good news of the gospel is that you and I are in desperate need. But there is one who's come to fill that need. This Jesus, this fulfillment of the prophecies of old, is here with us today and meets us in ordinary means like bread and wine, a preached sermon, and in the word read to us here today. The gospel is too good to be true 
And yet it is. And not just for you, but for the people whom you can't stand. So what Jesus is saying in this text is, get along with it. Do it now. It's best for you because you are saved by grace and not your works. But it's also best for you because now you can start being a halfway decent human being to those people you don't like. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.